3: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: is good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until seven p.m. today. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to you. Offsides rolling on. Corey in the house. Diesel in the house. Fantastic to have you guys with us. We're at 429 East Main Street in Liberty, South Carolina. I actually like of all of the uh, of the entire. Offsides Roadshow Tour. Uh, Liberty is one of my favorite spots. I just, I like the, I like the small town, man. You know, I, I like the small town. I don't like every small town, all right? I wouldn't say I'm a small town guy, but I like this small town. You know, it's quaint. It's nice. I feel like, man, I'm driving around, driving through the country. You guys take a great, great care of this area. And Liberty, it feels good to be in you again feels good to be in you again. Here's how you guys can be a part of the show. You can give us a call at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-326-3663. And the carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN, and away you go on the show. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Kelly Ford joins us in the next segment with some CFP odds. The Gamecocks are dominating the portal now. Upset picks of the week commence at 4 o'clock p.m. Today, you may pick games up through Christmas Day. Actually, the last games before Christmas are on the 23rd, okay? But it's it's easier. It makes more sense. You'll remember it better. You can pick games this week up until Christmas. Next week are the games after Christmas. That is how we roll, my friends. I have a doozy of an upset pick to share with you this week. We've got the host of one of the best college football shows in America, Josh Pate, joining us at 4.20 p.m. this afternoon. To what degree did last year's national championship game, the blowout, Georgia over TCU, play a role in Florida State's exclusion? Uh, Who are the most screwed-over teams? Corey, that looks delicious. Uh, Who are the most screwed-over teams in the history of sports? Plus, we've got Truth Serum, and we have you here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. Great to be here with you. You guys can take part in the contest that we are going to have for you today today. Uh, always do love it, always love it when you guys take part in the contest that we have going on here. So we're going to give you clues for an item found in Ingalls. You can tell us what that item is. If you are right, Corey will put your name in a box. Um, And at the end of the show, we'll draw from that box. You just might win a gift card to your local Ingalls markets. What do you say, my friends? We get this party kick-started today with this. My friends, jealousy has many faces, and none of them are good. I will say this, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but when you're in a relationship, I actually think a little bit of jealousy is a good thing. You know, like if you've got somebody hitting on you, and your significant other isn't jealous in the slightest, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, like, a little bit, do they care? You know, a little bit of jealousy, is good. Uh, is good I, I think, is healthy. But it crosses the line when it starts to control your life. When, you know, he or she is, like, checking on your phone to see, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what is going on here? This girl liked your Facebook post. That's when it crosses the line. Uh, but if it's like, that dude is hitting on Angela. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about it. I think that's good. I think that's healthy. I think that shows you care. Today, Cam Newton exhibited a a jealousy, the former quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, that is not good and is not healthy, okay? Um, And he's essentially dogging, right? He's dogging other quarterbacks uh, who, for no reason, he's calling them game managers now he's got his own podcast these days every football player does right every football player does he's got his own podcast and I want you to take note. this podcast fourth and one it's his right to speak his mind but I, if I'm honest with you the reason why um I the reason why in my opinion Cam Newton is not signed and he's only 34 years old the reason why he isn't signed uh, is because people feel like the heaven with him is not matched by the hell. Okay? The hell exceeds the heaven with Cam Newton. You get a lot of attitude. You get a lot of drama. You, you get uh, the fanboys that come with him. Okay? It's not all that dissimilar to what happened to Tim Tebow, although Tim Tebow was never, never showed jealousy, never created negative attention. It was just attention the teams didn't want. Well, see, I want you to guys to listen to this because Dak Prescott, in my opinion, in this clip, throws a bunch of players under the bus for no reason other than he's bent that they're still in the league and he is not. Cam Newton. You said, you said Dak I'm Prescott. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Cam, uh, Cam Newton throws a bunch of players under the bus for no reason other than that he's jealous. They're in the league and he's not. Check this out.
2: L. Lamar Jackson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Brack Parity, like, but Brock, let's—they're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock, Parity, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's – I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer.
0: Uh, Dak Prescott's a game manager, really? Brock Purdy, the favorite for the MVP, is a game manager. Brock Purdy leads the NFL in quarterback rating and QBR, is a game manager. Jared Goff has the Lions 9 and 4. He's a game manager. Dak, by your definition, guess who is a game manager? You. You are a game manager. You mean manager. Cam.
4: You called him Dak again.
0: Uh, I called him Dak again. Cam Cam, and Dak, three letters are tripping me up. Um, by his own definition, he's a game manager. Cam's a game manager. Let's look at the records, shall we? Dak Prescott, 71-39. and 39. Cam Newton, 75-68. and 68. Who's better? Oh, yeah, Dak. Completion percentage, Dak 66. Cam 59. Who's better, Dak? Pass yards a game. Cam, uh, Dak Prescott, 258. Cam Newton 218 who's better Dak touchdown to interception ratio both have thrown 194 touchdown passes in their career but Cam Newton has 123 picks Dak Prescott 71 passer rating Cam Newton 85.2 Dak Prescott 99 Cam if Dak Prescott is a game manager what did that make you what did that make your career and you've heard me argue on behalf of Florida State that, you know, if Alabama gets in, don't you have to be consistent to be great? Uh, Alabama had bad football games in every month this year. Every month this year. Lost to number 12 Texas at home. Beat one win in the SEC, Arkansas, by three points in October. Needed a miracle to beat six-win Auburn in November. They had bad games in every single month. They're not great. You've got to be consistent to be great. Cam Newton had, did not have back-to-back winning seasons at any point in his entire career. When he was great, he was otherworldly. But even in that season, he wouldn't give up his body to dive on a fumble in the Super Bowl. You know? And Dak is looking around the NFL. I mean, sorry, Cam. Diesel, let me tell you what's going on here for a minute, okay? And I'm going to need some help. Can from you write it down and this.
4: put it in front of your face?
0: It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. I want to tell you. What, I'm, I'm going to tell you what's going on here, Diesel, uh, because I, I owe it to you guys to to do that. So I had my allergy shot today, Diesel. Right? That's not the that's not the culprit. But I had such a reaction from the allergy shot last week. They loaded me with antihistamine today, and like legit, I feel like my brain is underwater, you know, right now. And so it's like I, I don't like the lights on, but nobody's. On. Nobody's home, and that's what I feel like right now, man. And so I, I wish I could tell you that the right names are going to come out when intended, you know, but be ready for me to call Josh Pate Kelly Ford and Kelly Ford Josh Pate when, we, when, we're, when we're going today, man, because I'm just telling you. Uh, I, I feel like I was driving out here to Liberty, and I feel like I'm in the twilight zone, and I'm like, yeah. So the whole, like, my arm swelling up like a melon, that wasn't great, but then this isn't great either this this really yeah this this really isn't isn't great either but just like we do everything around here we get through it together right we get through it together that my friends is is what we will do you call him Dak. i call him cam we'll fig- we'll figure it out together brother we'll figure it out 844 326 3663 that's 844 fan phone is the number to get to us on the show but cam is looking around the nfl Okay, and what is he sing? He's seeing, well, Joe Flacco's back in the league and he's quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns and why aren't I? Okay, why, why, what's, what's going on? Like, what does he have that I do not have? He's looking at Matt Stafford, who's 34 years of age and doing his thing. Why is he in the league and I am not? He's looking at Andy Dalton. Why is he in the league And I am not. He's looking at Jared Goff. He's looking at Aaron Rodgers. He's looking at Kirk Cousins. Why are these cats in the league and I am not? And the reason, Cam Newton, is not based on your ability. I think we'll never know the answer what the hell happened to Cam Newton. We'll never understand. We'll never know with his shoulder. You know, they were telling us he's fully healthy, but suddenly he didn't look like the same dude anymore. All right? The reason you're not in the NFL is because you keep cracking the mic on your podcast and you keep showing your crack, essentially. You know, like you keep, you keep doing that. And NFL teams don't want to put up with that. They don't want the outfits. They don't want the noise. They don't want the drama. They don't want any of that. They don't, like a backup quarterback is supposed, supposed to be like rank and file. You are not seen. You know, you speak when spoken to. Cam Newton is not that dude. He's not that dude. He'd be the most popular backup quarterback in the NFL. And just like I told you with Tim Tebow, it's, not, it's why he's not in the league today. Right? It's why he's not in this thing. So, Kimberly Martin, get up. She is a panelist for the morning show Get Up on ESPN. She, in my opinion, was even harder on Cam Newton here than I was. Um, he literally,
3: sa- in the year of 2023, where it's all about NFL backups, where is Cam? Not on an NFL roster, right? So he's talking about all these NFL game managers. He sounds like the people literally tweeting at me from their basement, like, get back in the kitchen. Like, it's like, you are at home watching me. Like, like, just, just,
0: just turn the TV off. Probably like, in the kitchen. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it, it just sounds so Sorry. foolish. Yeah it does it sounds like it sounds foolish it sounds full of jealousy and hate it doesn't sound like there's a lot of merit behind it right and brother you know like teams are evaluating a lot of different areas you know is this guy going to be a headache for us is one of them you know there was i happen to know um if you said to me mark Who are the most talented sports talk show hosts in America? All right, there's a name of one guy when we had an opening here at the Fan Upstate a few years ago that I knew, like, would take any job in sports talk radio that he could get. And he's been afternoon drive in Philadelphia. He's been afternoon drive in Houston. Two top eight markets in the country. So, like, why would that guy take a job in any media market he could get, right? Well, we got a great place. We got a, we got a great place to live. But I knew it's like you're weighing it in your head. This guy is as talented a dude as, as is out there. And I told my boss about him, and he said, no, thanks. And you know why he said, no, thanks? He said, I've been around guys like that before. They're a cancer that spreads throughout a whole organization. And... Every place he was, he had great ratings. Sponsors fell off every single place he was. Every place he was, he had physical altercations with other hosts in the building. Physical altercations, right? Um, And nobody wanted to deal with him. So it didn't matter that his talent was through the roof. If you can't sell that talent, right, if you can't, develop great partnerships like we have with Ingalls because you're offending everybody all the time. What good are you? If local businesses, if your rating is an eight, which would be insane, insanely high, right? If your rating is an eight, but your sales are a zero, you know, what value does the rating of an eight have? Cam Newton is very much an NFL player. There's other guys playing at the age of 34. He can play with these guys. He certainly can. Right? The problem is that he comes with baggage and he comes with attitude and he comes with drama and he comes with expectation. And everybody that's looking at Cam outside looking in is saying, Hell to the nah. Hell to the nah. I hope, Diesel, I called him successfully Cam the, rest of the second half of that segment. Okay. okay. But I'm not, I'm not sure that I did. Um, okay. Coming up next on the show, we've got Kelly Ford. K-Ford Ratings here to set the table for you for the college football playoff 2023. That is next, my friends. We are live on location at Liberty's Ingalls Markets, 429 East Main Street. If I have not had the privilege of meeting you, Corey and I would love to have that opportunity. That, my friends, is next. And this is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offside. It's Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
5: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate live on location. 429 East Main Street in Liberty, South Carolina. South Carolina. Fantastic to be with you guys today. Uh, you know, it's amazing. No matter where we've been, okay, so like Greenville is like, what, 45, 50 an hour away from Landrum. Greenville is 45, 50 an hour away from Seneca. Where we are today, Liberty is about 40 minutes away from, uh, from Greenville. Where, wherever we go, there are people that come by uh, and, uh, and pay their respects to the show. And it's incredible. It's incredible, and uh, I'm just I'm excited to see who swings on by today to the Liberty Ingalls Markets. Uh, would love to see you. Great to uh, have you with us always. And when you're here, give us your answer for today's trivia question that can win you a gift card right here to your local Ingalls Markets. Joining us right now from thelines.com, he is... Uh, an outstanding college football personality in his own right, here to get you set with numbers and more. You can get your question to Kelly Ford via the CarPro.com text line at seven one three zero seven. Just start your text with the word "fan," and away you go on the show. Okay, Kelly. Not a numbers question to uh, to start us off here today, but rather uh, the latest news. Um, stemming from a West Virginia player um, with the portal. West Virginia Judge John P. Bailey grants a 14-day 14 14 day temporary restraining order giving West Virginia University's Raekwon Battle eligibility and paving the way for more suits from second-time transfers seeking eligibility. The NCAA will likely appeal. A full hearing on the injunction is set for December 27th as a result of today's decision uh, impacting Division I student-athletes. The uh, association the association will not enforce, the, 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 association will not enforce uh, the year in residency requirement for multiple time transfers and will begin notifying member schools. So now the one-year waiting period is deemed to be not constitutional in at least one case. Why is it not constitutional, Kelly, if it's what 's best for the sports? Like it's how is it not what's best for the sports to show young people that there's consequences for their decisions? the value of commitment, et cetera. I feel like we're doing wrong by young people by not holding them to their decisions to some degree. It is a
3: interesting situation and we're in an interesting spot here and I have to be careful, right? Because I work in college athletics as an administrator in a division one conference office. So I have my own personal thoughts on some of these things as Kelly Ford, the private citizen. And then I have other thoughts as Kelly Ford, the intercollegiate um, co- conference office administrator. So, well i i tend to agree with you to a certain extent on we the, the whole point of college athletics like at its core student athletes were were there to provide a pathway to education right and a part of education i think we could we could argue with a with a good conscience is not just in the classroom. It's also about life education. And in life, as you know, Mark, as I know, as any of the listeners know, and as young 18 to 22-year-old student-athletes, young people learn, decisions in life have consequences. Some are good, some are bad. And I think if we continue down the road of removing the safety net or removing any sort of consequence from decisions that are made by consenting 18 to 22-year-old individuals. We're not doing our job in terms of giving them the education towards building towards their future, their future career, their profession, their life, right? So I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't go too deep into it given my, my role, but I do think that there is more to educating young people than just in the classroom and on the field surface, whatever competition surface, whatever sport it is they're playing, the court, there's more to it. We're supposed to be educating them preparing them for life. Well, life doesn't happen in a vacuum. Life doesn't happen with a bubble around you. Your actions have consequences. Your consequences need to be dealt with, and I think um, that we just need to be careful as we navigate this uh, road both in the courtroom and out of the courtroom just on our campuses.
4: Kelly, what precedent, though, does it set when – when athletic administrators across the board understand that they have absolutely no power to control or affect anything, and at the same time student-athletes know all they have to do is threaten lawsuits and they will get their way. No matter what it is, whether it's transfer portal, whether it's NIL, whether it's extra eligibility, whether it's skirting this rule, that rule, whatever it may be, why do we have administrators if administrators have no power?
3: Yeah, man, Diesel. Um, Good question. And the dirty secret is administration hasn't had a lot of administration has authority, but authority only matters if it's respected. Right. And so it's not that administration has typically had a lot of legal power or legal leverage now to have that authority be challenged on a legal basis it's a tough spot, right? It's just like the NCAA NCAA doesn't have a lot of legal authority to enforce the rules that the membership has asked them to put in place. So now they get challenged on a legal level and what we're learning is the courts say, well, nope, you don't have the authority to do this. Whoever the plaintiff is in this case is going to be awarded whatever settlement or, or decision they're looking for. It is certainly a challenging time and I think it's reflective of just, you know, our society as a whole in terms of Challenging authority when appropriate, but also having a healthy level of respect for authority in certain situations to continue moving forward in a positive direction for everyone involved.
0: So, Kelly, uh, last one on this, Um, you know, people have said to me, well, Mark Ryan, why would you stand in the way of a kid transferring when you as a student could transfer whenever you wanted to? And the difference is they've got a full ride. They've got a financial commitment from the school those schools are paying 30000 to $50,000 a year in development and training, et cetera, for these players, right? And at, at some point, it, you know, it's not just a student attending a school. It's a financial commitment that is being made to the kid. I've also been asked, Kelly, um, well, Mark Ryan, if somebody was to triple your salary, you're saying you wouldn't leave where you are? It's called being a professional, these are students. These are kids. This is amateur athletics. This was never what amateur athletics was supposed to be. And now, Kelly, it's, it's infiltrating even into the high school ranks. There are high school kids that uh, not only are switching high schools because they're being paid. We've had high school football players on our show. We did a, um, an Upstate High School Player of the Week award. We had a kid this year come on the show and say, NIL is going to be a huge factor in, uh, in, in his recruitment. So, Kelly, it just it leaves us in a spot where evidently the NCAA and the courts are at odds with their, with their own guidelines. Do you, Kelly, believe that schools should have a right to at least have a two- or three-year commitment if they're going to make that financial investment in a student?
3: i don't know mark if a school should have a right to that i do think just on a fundamental level student athletes are different than the normal student right student athletes are afforded a lot of benefits and perks by being associated with the team whatever sport it is that they're associated with at the university that the general student does not have so i i think it's pretty black and white a student athlete is not a general student and there are clear lines of delineation between those two groups of individuals so um, just because a normal student, a regular student, can transfer and do this and do that. Um, I, I, that argument doesn't carry any weight for me. With the incorporation of NIL, the one-time free transfer, all these things, I think player movement, student-athlete movement, is is, is at a really good place. I mean, they have the ability to do all these things. Now, Mark, I will tell you, if we get down the road and, and we're kind of heading there, at least in a certain subset of sports, where we're treating student-athletes as employees, Now everything's back on the table. The the scholarship is not a guarantee. The housing is not a guarantee. The food is not a guarantee. The the academic support is not a guarantee. The mental health support is not a guarantee. All of that's going to be collectively bargained. And all that's going to be bargained at various levels based on the the level of value that the the team, the school, the coach places on you. And that might be a one-year contract that you sign as a student athlete. It might be a two-year contract. It might be a three-year contract or four. All of that goes on the table if we get into a position where student athletes are treated as employees. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And um, what level of breakaway does FBS or Power Five football have from the rest of the sport? Is there a separation from those from those teams, those entities from the university itself? At which point we can't call it college football because it's not associated with the university outside of potentially licensing its its name or its logo, right? So. All of those things are to be determined, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. In the current environment, I have a hard time seeing a, a, a space where the school can, can quote, contract a player or a student-athlete for more than just one year, right?
4: Now, Kelly, I know you do power ratings, not handicapping, so from a rating standpoint, what matchup do you have before Christmas because the way we're going to do uh, our – Uh, our upset picks challenge is is all games before Christmas and then all games after Christmas. So looking specifically at the games before Christmas, um, what games do you see that have the two most evenly rated teams? And then the two most mismatched teams that you think might actually be a sneaky, good game.
3: Yeah. Diesel. Let me look up real quick when the actual Christmas break happens there. So, okay. It's after the coastal and South or uh, San Jose state game. So let me find that here in my spreadsheet. So, before Christmas, what I'm looking at here is the games that have the closest projected spread by my numbers. Sorry, I got to highlight these things and reorder. Um, smallest, smallest. All right, so the closest projected game. I'm looking at Utah State, uh, the bowl game that they're playing against Georgia State. For me, those teams are power rated very similarly. And there's a lot of things at play, factors at play, you know, uh, player participation, uh, coach, coaching changes, m- levels of motivation for teams. But that Utah State, Georgia State game and the famous Idaho Potato Bowl should be a really close one. Also, on the same day, the Camellia Bowl, Arkansas State and and Northern Illinois, those two games are the two that are grading out the closest for me in terms of projected spread. The ones that have the largest, I'm looking right now, the largest one is South Alabama. So on that same day, it's the 68 Ventures Bowl. South Alabama and Eastern Michigan, I've got that one as a pretty large spread in favor of South Alabama. The next one's actually a game that we're going to get about a week earlier, Utah. UTSA and Marshall in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. That's another one. UTSA, a pretty big favorite by my number. So those would be the four that I would highlight in the pre-Christmas window.
0: Kelly, what do you think uh, is going to happen to bowl games in the expanded playoff? I mean, just a few people here and there. A, few, a drip has become a flood of people saying bowl games don't matter. Well, they matter to me. They matter to everyone on this show. They matter to you. Right. Um, You know, when, when you talk to players of our generation, right. And we're not old, but when you talk to players of our generation, it's a foreign concept to them to opt out of these bowl games. And now what we're doing is we're expanding the playoff to where to the point where for a number of programs, for many programs, maybe half of the power five, the seasons are going to be classified as either success. You made the playoff a failure you did not. Um, Where do you see the place of bowl games moving forward? Do you see a a scenario where they cease to exist, or or do they continue to exist in massive numbers and with very little audience?
3: Bowls, Mark, are unique to college football, and they're an integral part of the history of college football, right? And as as lovers of the game, lovers of the sport, as you, Diesel, I, all your listeners are, we, we, we enjoy them, and we don't want to see them go away. We don't want to see them diminished and devalued. I don't believe bowl games are going to go away because I think they're revenue generators um, for the stakeholders that are involved here, and as long as they continue to generate revenue, they will continue to um, be put on. Now, they might be put on in stadiums that only have a few hundred or a few thousand people. We've already started to see that in some of these, and that will probably continue and only get, get worse. But the, the, the position of bowls and, and they quote, don't matter, that's going to be up to every single individual student athlete, every single team as a, as a collective unit. And we have seen in recent years the opt-outs become more, more prominent. Mark, what I'm, what I'm scared of and what I believe will happen is you're going to have student athletes. It, it won't be in 2024. It might not be in 2025. But by the time we get to 2030, likely before then, you will have student-athletes, in my opinion, opting out of playoff games, opting Jeez. out of the, the 6-11 game, the, the 7-10 game, these first-round games. I think you will see student-athletes opt out of those. And at that point, you're asking yourself, what are we doing with the playoff? We don't even get the best version of these teams because their student-athletes aren't playing. And, and people are going to say, Kelly, you're crazy. There's no way people are going to opt out of playoff games. It means too much, whatever they want to say. There was a time not too long ago, Mark, when people said there's no way a student athlete will opt out of a New Year's Six Bowl. It means too much. That's way too important. It didn't take long for that to happen. And in the four-team format, when you're already in the semifinal, I don't think an opt-out is a thing. But when you're saying, okay, you're now an 11 seed, and for, for you, you're going to be an underdog, and for you to have a chance to win a national championship, you've got to win a first-round game. Then you got to win a quarterfinal. Then you got to win a semifinal. Then you got to win the national championship. So that's four more games. If you're a student athlete who you know is a top five, top ten pick, a first round pick, you're thinking, wait, four—the risk of four more games on my body versus this money that I know I'm going to be getting here in just in just a few months at the NFL draft—they're going to evaluate that, and I believe they're going to say, yeah, I'm going to opt out of this. And once one does it it'll open the floodgates just like it happened here um, with Leonard Fournette and then Christian McCaffrey, and, and it, it just snowballed from there, right? And so that, to me, is probably going to be the saddest thing when we have student-athletes opting out of playoff games. People will say, Kelly, no way. I'm just telling you, I think that's going to happen, and uh, it'll be very sad if and when it does.
4: Kelly, you know, there's a constant debate, um, especially in the off season. It's great offseason fodder about who and what is a blue blood in college football. Can you give me a program or two that has been on the rise and that, in in your opinion, based on uh, however uh, however you would rate this, has moved up into blue blood status, meaning they are a consistent top 10 program or so over the past couple of years? And is there anyone that you would unequivocally say is at risk of falling out?
3: Yeah, Diesel, I'm looking right now. I just searched my Twitter really quickly, and uh, i had done this. This must have been, yeah, it looks like two off-seasons ago, two summers ago. I put together kind of the all-time K-4 rating, pow- power rating average for each of these programs. I came up with what I thought were the 10 blue bloods of college football based on having an all-time average K-4 rating of greater than 75. Uh, uh, so 75 on a 0 to 100 scale. It's the eight traditional Blue Bloods that a lot of people think of. And then I also added in Penn State and Florida State. And some people will argue that those two, those, those two institutions, those two programs, don't have enough history to be included in the Blue Blood conversation. I would say that for the time they have been playing college football, they've been playing it at a very, very high level on an annual basis. But in terms of what I call them, the new blood. So, so to answer your first question, who might be in in danger of falling out of that conversation? I mean, Nebraska, right? That's the obvious answer here. If you look at the other blue bloods: Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Alabama, USC, Oklahoma, Texas, Nebraska. I think
0: Nebraska is clearly. Yeah, I didn't hear Florida in in there, Kelly. I didn't hear Florida. Where's Florida in that? Three, three titles last thirty years, buddy.
3: So. so so, Mark, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to Florida in a second, I promise. <laughs> uh, in terms of the traditional all-time blue blood, that's the eight I have plus Penn State and Florida State. Nebraska is probably the team diesel that's most likely to fall out. Now, Mark, here you go for the what I call new bloods. So this is, if you look – since 1978, and you can debate when do you want to make the cutoff, but 1978 is when Division One split into Division One A and Division I-AA, what we now call FBS and FCS, right? And I was at my cutoff point a couple of years ago when I did this exercise. There were nine programs that were not in the blue blood category, the, the traditional blue blood category, that fell into this new blood category. So since 1978 – These programs have had average better than a 75 K Ford rating on a 0 to 100 scale. Number one, Mark, now again, this hasn't been updated for the last two years. Number one, the Florida Gators with 85.6 average K Ford rating since 1978 through the 2021 season, it would have been. Georgia is also on this list. Miami, Clemson, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. Texas a and and Washington. Those are the nine programs that since 1978 that aren't in the blue blood camp are in what I call the new blood camp with an average K-4 rating of greater than 75. So, Diesel, to answer your question, who has the potential here to make that transition into the blue blood category? I mean, this is what the numbers were two years ago. It's hard to argue that Georgia's done anything <laughs> to fall off from that, right? So I think Georgia is in that mix. And then, I don't know, there's really – I mean, Mark, I know you want me to say the Gators – there's not, like, another team that really jumps out. Certainly Florida, Miami, you know, Clemson, let's see what the future of the ACC looks like. Uh, Texas A&M, they've got unlimited resources. Washington, as they make the move to the Big Ten, all those programs are pretty well positioned to make that move into the Blue Blood category moving forward, I would
0: say. Kelly Ford, K-Ford Ratings in joins us each and every week. Great to catch up with you, pal. Thank you so much for all you do for us and, uh, of course, throughout the season. Kelly, please be sure to get me your upset pick. Now, we've got two upset picks remaining, Kelly. This week are the bowl games up until Christmas, okay? Uh, Next week will be the bowl games after Christmas, but two two, uh, upset pick possibilities left for you before Christmas. I will look forward to your text, sir. Thank you so much for all you do. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks Mark, appreciate you and Diesel. You guys have a good one. All right, take care. Kelly Ford, K Ford Ratings joining us on the show. The Gamecocks are now dominating the portal from another side. More on that next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere, live on location Ingalls Markets 429 East Main Street in Liberty, South Carolina. It's offside. It's Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Rolling on until 7 o'clock P.M. today. Are you ready for one of two upset picks that are still to come? That begins at 4 p.m. this afternoon. All right. We look forward to getting that to with you guys in just a few minutes but look if you're going to call out the Gamecocks when 18 players have left have entered the portal you also have to acknowledge what is going on with on the positive side um, for the south carolina Gamecocks. you most certainly do and that is today uh south carolina has uh, has gotten the commitment from Rocket Sanders, all right? Now, there's a lot of other names that the Gamecocks have been linked to. Uh, they've gotten a commitment from Vanderbilt receiver, Jaden McGowan, special teams, and a wide receiving threat, who was the fastest player on the Commodores, right? So they get a, a halfway decent receiver. They get Oscar Attaway. Isn't that the best name ever? Attaway, Attaway, right? I mean, it's Attaway, boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, that's a great name for a player. Um, Oscar Attaway is a running back from North Texas they got. But Rocket Sanders is the dude. Rocket Sanders is the dude. Over 1,200 yards rushing for the Gamecocks uh, for for Arkansas last year. First team all SEC. He now gives South Carolina that RB1 that they sorely lacked. I would argue last year South Carolina didn't have RB1 or rb RB2 all right meanwhile let's check in on the Clemson front what's going on right now with the Clemson Tigers well Clemson scouts players in the portal Clemson visits with players in the portal Uh, Clemson sets up dates for players to visit campus right and then what happens is those players get a financial offer from another institution and they commit to that school And Clemson, through all its due diligence, is not really cracking the code for something that Don Munson told us this season, right? What did Don Munson tell us? Don Munson told us Clemson is not going to get into bidding wars. It's not going to happen. They will never be getting into a bidding war. Well, you can do all your due diligence. You can make all of your your right calls. Make it, you know, do your homework, do your research. And then all somebody else has to do is come in with a check and they swipe them from you. So Clemson fans are frustrated. What do I feel? Guys, I, I got to be honest with you. Like, I commend the value system of Dabo Sweeney. I commend it. I agree with him. Okay? Like, I don't want to get into bidding wars. This is not what college sports is supposed to be. But you got to do a deal with the devil to win. You know, and up in, at least until, uh, up until this time, Dabo's been unwilling to do that. And so you know that South Carolina is doing that. South Carolina wrote a hefty check to Rocket Sanders. South Carolina wrote a check to Oscar Attaway. South Carolina wrote a check to Jaden McGowan from Vanderbilt. Clemson is not cutting checks. Clemson is not getting the players. Players could tell Dabo, uh, yeah, I got your family values in one hand, and I got my check for 300K in the other, Dabo. Which one of those do you think I'm going to grab? Which one of those do you think I'm going to take? This is nothing more, nothing less than Clemson's uh, unwillingness to write checks. That's it. Dabo's willing to use the transfer portal, he's unwilling to write checks. And I commend that value system. But you have to acknowledge that if you're going to dig your heels in on that value system, you're not going to be making splashes in the portal. It's just not going to happen, right? So that's the give and take. South Carolina is, but I I think South Carolina, they've gotten one star. Rocket Sanders is the star. Jaden McGowan is a guy who might be able to contribute. Oscar Attaway backup running back is a guy that might be able to contribute if they don't shore up that offensive line it's not going to matter who's back there right that's the situation right now for the Gamecocks they lost 18 via the portal they get a star today at the running back position you guys know I'm always going to keep it a buck with you always going to keep it a buck with you here on the show all right always gonna, gonna be up front with you I think it's concerning how many players South Carolina has lost. You got one back today with Rocket. We'll see how uh, big of an an impact Jaden McGowan and um, Oscar Attaway will make with the team. All right, my friends. The time is now. We took one week off. We are now here with one of two upset picks that remain for the 2023 season. The Upset Picks Challenge is coming your way next. We're live on location inside Ingalls Markets, the Corner Cafe, Liberty, South Carolina. Right here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate.